how do you not love Jordan Clarkson's confidence? He was chucking bombs up from everywhere. He only took one or two bad ones, but even those were close to going in. You gotta love this team, baby. Top to bottom. 15 seconds ain't enough. What a game last night. Donovan went off again. Jingle and Joe found a shot, played well. Let's go, baby. Jazz in four. A man can dream, can he? Yes, you can. Probably is a dream, but go ahead and dream it. Dream the dream. Isn't that a famous song? Gordon will sing it for us in, in a minute. DJ and PK brought to you in part by SNS Roofing, your locally owned roof repair experts for free quote. And for all your roofing needs, call SNS Roofing. David Locke on earlier this morning. He wanted no part of the Jazz and Four. He didn't really like the Jazz and Five storyline. Still cool in expe- expectations. Will Gordon Monson cool expectations? Salt Lake Tribune column, columnist, co-host of the big show. He joins us now. Gordon, good morning. Good morning. How you doing, TJ? If I'd been thinking ahead, I would have gotten Booner on another line, and we would have done a segment of MJB <laughs> in the morning. And that just occurred to me now. I'm a moron. <laughs> I talked. I talked to him the other day about that, and he had we had some some chuckles over some of the memories. There you go, man. Uh, so we'll get your take. But in the world of hot takes, and I gotta have it now. I gotta have it now. I gotta have it now. We are ten hours since the end of the game. How many hot takes have you shared, Gordon? Uh, I haven't shared. Well, well, I mean. I guess two. I was on the post game show, and then I've uh, then I uh, wrote a column. So those are the two okay. hot takes I've shared so far. Considering you were supposed to sleep at some point, I guess you are all in on the playoffs then. Uh, uh, sort of uh, sucked into the whole the whole orbit of the thing. And, ah, that's uh, the yeah. beauty of the playoffs. Come on, give me some more hype. Give me some more energy. Well, it has been. Here's the difference between what we're seeing right now, DJ, and what we have often seen from a Jazz team in the playoffs. It's the fact that the ceiling is so high on this team, it's almost the roof. (laughs) I like what you did there. Uh, Good work. Yeah. Good work. But, but, you know, this energy of which you speak, it it, it just – it, it gets higher and higher and higher when people in their imagination and their minds that I can see that just maybe this, just maybe this team might be something extraordinary. And they, I mean, I, I, uh, based on what I've seen so far, I, uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell's been, if not the best one, certainly one of the best uh, players in the playoffs. And, and his team is, is rounding out nicely. So I guess the question is: Is the Jazz defense doing to this Clipper doing this to the Clippers? Or hey, it's a couple games. They're coming off a seven-game series, playing at elevation. The Clippers will get home. They'll get their legs under them, and they'll shoot the ball better because you've got the two Clipper stars averaging like twenty-two and twenty-three and a half points a game in this series. And you've got role players like Morris is one for 14 from three. I mean, that's the beauty of going small is he's a guy who's supposed to hit open threes. He's been a 50% shooter on catch-and-shoot threes. Locke had the numbers for us earlier. I know you're shocked by that. And so, <laughs> hey, some of these things are just going to correct themselves, and this series could easily be 2-2. What are you thinking? Uh, well, I do believe that the Clippers can play better than what we've seen so far. But the Jazz obviously do have are playing a, a role in that. Last night, as I was watching that game, 
And uh, I was watching pretty closely, just like the rest of us were. And I'm telling you, the defensive effort by the Jazz, people like Bogdanovich, I haven't, uh, maybe I wasn't paying attention before, but I haven't seen him play with that kind of intensity at that end. Jordan Clarkson, you know, really putting in an effort at the defensive end. And maybe they've done that all year long, but I haven't noticed it at this level. And, of course, Rudy is always there. And uh, so, yeah, I think the, the uh, Jazz deserves some of the credit here. But watch out for this team. I think the Jazz and the Clippers are pretty evenly matched talent-wise. But uh, just so far, the Jazz have shown that uh, either through their own confidence build out of playing at home or because of what the effect Quinn Snyder's had on them, They've been able to get the edge. And it doesn't take much of a difference. It doesn't take much of an edge to win a playoff series. And so far, we've seen the Jazz with that advantage. We were doing radio together back in 97-98 when the Jazz won seven straight playoff games. Two to close out a Spurs series. They swept the Lakers in four, and then they won the opener against the Bulls. As near as I can tell... That is the longest playoff win streak the Jazz have had. Uh, now, you talk about how good the Jazz are, and you drop the, the ceiling as the roof line on us earlier in this. <laughs> Do we really want to compare Donovan to Carl Malone and this team to that team? They are a one seed, and that's the last time the Jazz were a one seed. The only other time they've been a one seed in the entire playoffs I think there's people who want to believe it, but they just don't want to get their hopes up and then get them dashed. But with every win and with every big performance, it's harder and harder to say, oh, no, these teams are in the same neighborhood. It's not the same area code. They're in the same neighborhood. Well, uh, DJ, you know that uh, 86.7 uh, percentage <laughs> of the time, uh, the, the team that wins the first game of the series wins it all. I do. I that's, do. A, that's, a, that's an inside joke, folks. If, uh, I goaded f- Gordon into writing a column about <laughs> Jazz won game one, they're going to beat the Bulls. He wrote it. <laughs> PK slapped a headline on it that may or may not have been inflammatory. <laughs> Jordan read it, and 20 years later in a documentary, <laughs> it motivated MJ. <laughs> Thanks oh, for that. Brother. Now, I no. would argue that maybe... When Jordan missed a big shot, if Stockton had blocked him out and gotten the rebound and Jordan had run to the hoop and gotten a three-point play, it would have been 2-0, and then they, they might have gotten him or he might have done something awesome and won his six anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Carl Malone went 0-4 for 4 in, the, in the second half, didn't score in that game, too. Anyway, never mind. Uh, the point is that the this – see, that's what I'm talking about, DJ. This team is, is not that team, but it might – it has a chance. It really, I feel like Lavelle Edwards, they have a chance to be a pretty good team. Uh, the Jazz really are good, and I think Jazz fans should believe what they're seeing. I'm not saying they're going to, you know, if, it's tough, you know. If they if they find a way to beat the Clippers, and then let's say they, they face the Suns, a team they struggled with in the regular season, then they go to the NBA Finals. Uh, is it probable? I wouldn't say probable, but it's certainly certainly possible in my mind from what I've seen from this team. So we'll have to wait and see how things turn out before we really start comparing this team with the 98 team. But, hey, DJ, we're in the ballpark here watching this team. 
Well, I do believe adversity is coming. I, I agree with you definitely in the ballpark. I don't think there's any argument that they're in the ballpark. But adversity is coming. You don't win forever. The Jazz have won six in a row. They have faced adversity within games, but they haven't faced adversity in a series. And they will. You just don't get to blow people out and cruise to the title, I don't think. And, I, and I'll be very happy to be wrong about this, but I just don't think that's going to happen. Well, so it certainly it would certainly help them, BJ, to have Mike Conley back. Yep. Think about what, what this team could be doing right now if they had that guy, their quarterback, in play as well. I mean, that's something to be taken into consideration, too. But I also think that this is who the Jazz are. They played 72 regular season games, and now they've played – making sure he does the math right, because he's doing math on the radio and he screws it up all the time. They've played seven postseason games. So you got 72 regular season, seven postseason games. That's a big sample size. Joe Ingles, because of injuries to Donovan and injuries to Mike, Joe Ingles started 30 regular season games. And now he started, and so that means he came off the bench 37 times, right? Almost half. Well, now he started three games and come off the bench four times. <laughs> well, he was asked about that last night. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he talked about, uh, what did he say? He said Mike was going to have to shove him out or he was going to refuse to leave the That's what he said, yeah. yeah. Uh, look, uh, I mean, this is one of, the, one of the strengths of this team, that they have they have two six men of the year. I mean, really, and uh, Jordan Clarkson will tell you that, that Joe has been that important to them. Is he, is he good enough to be a starter? Sure he is. He's just a different version of what the Jazz can be. He does it differently than Mike does, uh, but but I you know I mean the talented guys and uh, Joe is Joe is pretty crafty out there and it was interesting to watch him. What did he have last night? Was it 19 points? I think it was, mm-hmm. if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. I mean, those were some big big baskets he hit. I do feel like as good as the Jazz have been, I can think of two buckets in each game where they've been really fortunate, and it's not just the points you get. It's the momentum you get as well. In that first game, in the first quarter, Donovan Mitchell has two three-pointers that rattle around all around the rim. One of them may have popped off the backboard, too, and they finally went in. And after the second one, Donovan had this sly kind of smirk, half smirk, half grin, like, hmm, that was lucky, <laughs> but we'll take it. <laughs> and it was part of that 10-2 run to open, to open the game, right? So they get six points, and they win by three, and six of them, yikes, they were fortunate. And then in game two... Clarkson banks in a three, and Joe goes for a layup, and someone's jumping at him, and he's trying to throw it high off the glass. He throws it up off the top of the backboard, and it goes in. That's five points in a six-point win. I mean, you make your own luck, but you probably can't make your own luck like that every game. I mean, it's the Clippers are going to make their own luck at some point, aren't they? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, and I don't think it'll be luck. I think uh, you'll see Kawhi Leonard in his prime form somewhere coming up here. Uh, I don't know when, and I don't know what it's going to look like, uh, but I don't think it will be luck. But, DJ, I mean, I <clears throat> from my, my, my view of that game last night, there were some unlucky things the Jazz had, too. I mean, there were a couple calls that were absolutely wrong that uh, couldn't be challenged. And so, I mean, these these matters of luck they go they go both ways and maybe just like the calls they balance out over time but I think the Jazz are fine in that regard. Lady Luck, uh, they'll take whatever they can get from her. So game three, what are you going to watch? What are you expecting? What are you keying in on? 
The first thing I'm going to be keyed in on is, will Mike Conley be ready to play? I mean, that that is a huge, huge deal for this team. When you think about how – when when you see the challenges the Jazz are facing with the uh, the the as uh, Donovan Mitchell called them the different looks the bunch of different looks that the Clippers are throwing at them. I mean, when you have that, wouldn't it be nice to have their your number one quarterback uh, out there directing traffic and putting the ball where it should go, where it needs to go, especially a veteran like him. So that's a, that's a big deal. Obviously, and I would expect the Clippers, even though it was weird in the Mavericks uh, series where, you know, the the home team was losing all the time, I would expect uh, the Clippers to be uh, at a higher level playing in front of their home fans. And I don't even know what what the uh, local government down there has as far as how many people can be in Staples Center down there, but uh, I would expect the Clippers to thrive off of that energy there and just they're good. They're they're a good team. Uh, anybody who's thinking the Jazz is going to sweep this team, that uh, I don't think that's going to happen. California is opening up in a few days. This is the right round and the right time to go to LA and face seven thousand hostile fans instead of you know the <laughs> ten or eleven thousand they normally draw. Hey, oh, yeah, San Diego Clipper been, vengeful humor right there. Thank you very uh, much. Anybody who's been to Staples Center, it is vacuous inside that building, and it feels, feels like a shopping mall almost. Uh, so it's not it's not the intensity of what we see at Vivid Arena, but uh, but it, obviously they feel comfortable there with the sight lines, with their with the back, uh, you know, the, what they see when they shoot and all that stuff. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. They, uh, I, I know the Padres are supposed to be allowing a full house for whenever they come back home, and I, I forget how their schedule falls, but it's like the, the 16th or the 17th or something like that. And I've read the Dodgers, something similar. Uh, and, and the Clippers are indoors. Maybe there'll be different rules for them. But I, I think if the Jazz have to go back for a game six, there might be a massive crowd, but not for three and four. And certainly if the Clippers are able to get off the deck from 0-2 again, like they did in the last series, I think they'll have it for the conference final. But for this for this trip, which is all we're really worried about, uh, it'll it'll be cardboard cutouts around the benches, so you don't they don't have the hostile fans, you know, right behind you screaming at you, you know, nice shot, Ingles, or you know, whatever. Um, probably worse than that, but you know, we're on the radio, uh, so they have seven to eight thousand fans, but some of them are up high, some of them are on the opposite side of the court facing the benches, but they're not around the benches. I, I I just whatever the atmosphere is, DJ. I expect the Clippers to continue to play better. It's not like they've played really poorly. Maybe they would argue that. I mean, Paul George going four seventeen in Game One. That's certainly something he doesn't want to relive. But I, I think on the whole, they have the, their bad moments against the Mavs. I thought were much worse than what they've put up against the Jazz so far. But. And people talk about, oh, watch out. You know, the Clippers were down 0-2 in that series, especially losing their games at home. But guess what? The Mavs and the Jazz are not the same team. The Jazz are are better. You mentioned the defense. And with Rudy Gobert standing there in the middle, it makes it much more difficult for them to mount some of the comeback uh, action that they uh, conjured against Dallas. Uh, I I don't really see it happening that way. And obviously – Whoever wins this next game, if the Jazz win this next game, then you can pretty well. I don't care what they did against the Mavs, and the Jazz can go ahead and close that thing out. Here's one other thing, DJ, and it's this, and I wrote about it. 
It's the mental side of this. I mean, both these teams uh, had three to one, uh, you know, leads against the, the Nuggets last year, and uh, I, I, I'm not going to question the mentality of the L.A. Lakers, but I will compliment the mentality of the Utah Jazz. You saw Donovan Mitchell after game one. What did he do? He didn't even talk about his 45 points. He didn't want to. He was asked about it, but he was looking ahead. This team has learned lessons from what's happened in the past. They really have absorbed those things. I know that's talked about in sort of a cliche term sometimes, but this Jazz team, and, and, and Quinn Snyder said to use the word, two words last night, mentally tough. I believe they are. I mean, they may have some slippages sometime between now and if there's a game seven, but uh, they are way advanced to what we've seen in past years. I'm curious what the neighborhood's like, Gordon, when you descend from behind the diamond-encrusted gates of the Monson Estates and you descend down into the neighborhood and the little people. Uh, are you seeing jazz notes uh, mowed into lawns? Are you seeing flags on cars like breakaway republics? <laughs> You have you have you have an ironclad memory. <laughs> I got I gotta And by the way, you love doing that to me because PK does that to you. The diamond encrusted gates is that what you said? I did. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't think Gates was haughty enough. I was trying to dial it up another notch. <laughs> you know, I've seen I've seen some flags. I haven't seen that at the level of what we saw in '98. But I'm telling you, it's going to rash it up here, just like it did back then. Remember how it went round by round? It ratcheted higher and higher and higher. And I think that's going to happen this time if the Jazz can find ways to to get by. And also five conference finals appearances in eight years are ratcheted up year to year. I don't think what it was in 92 is what it became in 96, 97, and 98. And I think there is still... Uh, the hardcore already get it, but I still think that there are casual Jazz fans who don't want to dare to believe the Jazz are back at that level. Although the regular season record says they're back at that level, and the six-game win streak in the playoffs says they're getting back to that level. Uh, so we'll see. But I, I do remember there, and they've redone the interchange now, but the interchange of I-80 at 1300 East used to have a huge lawn, and now it's zero-escaped. But it had a huge <laughs> lawn, and they, they put uh, the Jazz logo, they mowed it into that massive, you know, 100-foot lawn or whatever it is. So now it's zero-escaped. Someone will have to put colored rocks down, I guess. I don't know what they'll do. I have a theory on this, and that is – that you know, people talk about how uh, how do you draw crowds? How do you draw interest? Well, winning does that. Sure. But I think within that whole idea is they, it can happen within a year as well. I mean, mm-hmm. when I'm watching the fans down in Phoenix, I mean, did anybody used to go to games down there and watch the Suns yeah, play? Bunch and of... then you watch the way they are now, and it shows you what winning can do. But even with the Jazz, who have had this history of winning without winning at all. Uh, it, it sort of has waned a little bit in recent years for all the reasons you just described. But I think bit by bit, it's building, the winning is building and building and building. And uh, something tells me if they beat the Clippers, you're going you're gonna to start seeing things mowed into lawns and who knows what else. Uh, do you remember that, uh, that woman and uh, her husband that used to uh, engage in a certain activity in order to have the jazz win? I mean, when people take it to that level, remember her, her neighbors were calling to make sure that uh, certain things had been done. And uh, I thought to myself, when it gets to that level, when it gets that personal, 
you know that uh, it's uh, reached uh, pretty close to a pinnacle. I was going to say climax, but I better not. Too late? You already did. I'll just tell you this. After we feed the albino alligators in the moat, then the crew is going to put up the multicolored jazz flags all the way around the moat. But we don't do that while the gators are still hungry. So there'll be, there'll be the, the gold flag, the white flag, the purple flag, the powder blue Carolina blue flag, and the... Uh, the, I, I like to think of it as the red rock flag. What are they calling this with the black, the, the red, the orange, and the gold? I always think of the red rock and the... the city editions. Yeah, the city editions. I, I always yeah. think that it's like southern Utah. And, and I think it's the best look, and it ought to be the permanent colors. But we're really at a point in pro sports where basketball doesn't have permanent colors because they want to sell six jerseys to everybody. So I get that. You know, follow the money and all that stuff. Didn't, I, didn't those old uh, city editions, the one they had before, didn't that have... The stripe down the side was the shape of... Uh, I-15. No, it was 89. Oh, was it 89? Okay. Yeah, yeah. 89. That's 89. Simple. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but they so, tweaked it this year. So, there you go. Did I... Oh, I'm sorry. Did I Did I hear or did I read that they're going to wear those uh, uniforms at home throughout? Is that... Or, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not uniform guy. Um, but I, I'm yeah. sure Alema knows. Call him. Alema handles all things fashion. I don't get into yeah. Alema's world. I made the I shoes, made the pocket squares, uniforms. <laughs> Olympus got that stuff down cold. I tried to talk to him once, and I, I felt like a fool about it. So now I just talk to him about 1984 and just leave it right there. Well, I made the mistake of challenging Olympus to a fashion off one time, and you can imagine how that might have gone. Gordon, you wore like a, a torn Peanuts t-shirt to a golf tournament and got in trouble with management. Let's clarify, Oscar the Grouch. Oscar the Grouch, my bad. I knew it was some goofy cartoon character thingy, whatever. Yeah, Oscar the Grouch shirt to the country club and got in trouble. What were you doing in a fashion show? My gosh. (laughs) They threw me off the course. Hey, but they threw me out. But look, it was a joke. That was the... The you jazz don't play junior jazz teams, and you don't get in a fashion duel with the sandals, the flip-flops, and the white socks with Alema Harrington in his pocket uh, squares. Uh, with the sandals and the white socks. It wasn't sandals and the white socks. It was white socks and shower shoes. That's a little different. You know, you can't get it's away worse, with but it's different. I'll give you that. <laughs> no, most people can't get away with that, but athletes can, and it's like, good. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Oh, look, doing that on TV may have been a mistake. but <laughs> No, it's not a mistake. It gave you separation. Yes, you get teased for it, but it established who you are, and all these years later, you're still doing radio and writing newspaper columns, even though you cost the Jazz their first NBA title. <laughs> With an assist from you and PK. Yeah, yeah, but nobody knows about that. You took all the blame. We just stood in the back with the straw and the spit wads and created havoc on the bus. BJ says, "Hey, I have a great, I have a great stat for you. Yeah, did, you know, the Jazz won Game One, and eighty-seven percent of the time, the, the, the whoever wins Game One goes all the way. Isn't that interesting? And, and then I write, then I yeah. write it like you said earlier, PK." Mm-hmm. He says, oh, I have an idea for a headline. All right. Michael Jordan to walk off the court a loser. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, DJ. 
And at 3-1, Gordon's going at me during a commercial break in the show. I said, well, Gordon, I told you it didn't happen 100% of the time. Who's the outlier who wants out of it, one out of seven, busts the odds? Because we know someone does. It's someone like Michael Jordan. Yeah, but the thing was... That was a good save by me. You have to admit, that was a good save by me. Yeah, yeah. Even though there was the 13% uh, the other way, I really thought that Jazz team was better than the Bulls that year. I really, even with Michael All right, Gordon. So you're just hurting people now, Gordon. Stop. You're just hurting people. Uh, right, oh, by the way, City Edition off. and Dark Mode is the other one I'm getting. I could not think of Dark yeah. Mode. All right, Gordon, thank you. Save the rest of it for Jake. The Big Show, 3 o'clock this afternoon. 2 o'clock this afternoon. 3 o'clock if you want to be an hour late. Nice save. Hey, hey DJ, DJ, just before I go, give me... Just, just one sampling of Ball You Man. Oh my gosh, I was walking somewhere and some guy did that to me. DJ, Ball You Man, where was I? Someone just did that in the last week. <laughs> it cracked me up. I looked at him, I smiled at point, and I'm like, long time listener. And he's just smiling <laughs> like, I knew I'd Give get a reaction. He did. Give it to me, DJ. I want to hear Ball it. You Man. Bob Kloppenberg. Ball You Man. Idlewild basketball camps. Ball, feet, pitter-patter, pitter-patter, pitter-patter. Just screaming at us. Clock at a minute, ticking down. Thighs just burning, calves burning in that defensive stance. Ball, you, man! All right. Ed Gregory and Bob Kloppenberg in the Iowa basketball camp, separating me from my money when I was a teenager. That was going to get me to somewhere. I don't know where. Here, here, I guess. What a a gifted basketball player you were back in the day. (laughs) Back in the day (laughs) when my knees didn't make an audible sound when I walked. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Gordon. We got to run. Gordon Monson, big show. Today, 2 o'clock, right here on the Zone Sports Network. Right now. Time to welcome in Andrew Reinhart, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Andrew, guys have been struggling with ED, and you can help. They don't believe you because they don't come in, but you can help. <laughs> That's right. Because some of them do come in. Obviously, I've been sitting there in an empty building for all this time. I mean, come on. But there's still guys out there who they've heard the ads, but they just haven't quite made the decision to drive down. That's right. They always start skeptical. Uh, I think a guy with ED has failed so many times with the pills, the injections, and feels really, you know, this, this affects a man's sense of self-worth. And he thinks this phase of his life is over. Not true. If you have erectile dysfunction, mild or severe, the acoustic wave therapy at Wasatch Medical has helped and will continue to help so many guys. A recent clinical study said this is the new standard of care for ED. With gentle pressure waves, we can agitate the blood vessels just enough that they open up and regrow, uh, creating more of them. And more blood flow in the bedroom, that is a great thing. You'll be amazed what can happen to the relationship. So as you talk to all the guys and they come through and they tell you their stories, you must hear some of the top causes, some of the results. And the thing you dropped on us earlier in the show is that this works pretty quickly, and regardless of what your causes are, there's a lot of guys who you think could be in a much better place by the time the NBA Conference Finals roll around. Yes, the month of June. Um, If maybe, let's say you're a diabetic, or you've had your prostate out, or you have nerve damage, those are pretty common and can cause ED. Uh, And yes, guys experience results as they go through the treatments. The whole process is two or three weeks, so not that long, but 
you can imagine progressively getting better in the bedroom as you go, more blood flow when it counts. That's a great thing. And we've seen guys completely eliminate the pill. So let's just say July 1st. You call us today. I can have you done with these treatments by July 1st. That's a great thing. All right. So you got a special offer. We do. Call us now. The initial screening assessment and blood flow ultrasound will be free. A little gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom, which you'll love. And new patients get free testosterone. So a lot of value. 801-901-8000 is the number to call to talk to Andrew. 801-901-8000. Call the Wasatch Medical Clinic and get that special deal right now at 801-901-8000. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. Kawhi Leonard playing the weight of expectations. And Paul George, when you need him most, he turns into pandemic peak. Hey, Paul and Kawhi, if you and the Clippers want to come to Salt Lake and steal a game from our Jazz. And the Jazz are up two games tonight. <laughs> you're going to have to do a lot better than that. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George were just horrible. Catch every moment of Jazz playoff basketball as the series shifts to L.A. In Los Angeles. Game 3 tips off Saturday at 6.30 with the Jazz live pregame show beginning at 5 on your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz. 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. I mean, DJ, I contribute to the show behind the scenes pretty much every day. Um, You're welcome for the dark mode jersey name. I could have filled in for PK today. Just imagine that. Would have been amazing. Jill filling in for PK. She just gave herself a security card, (laughs) swiped her way into the building, slapped on a headset, and was ready to go. Hit us up with your open mics, and we will get them in the next segment with your feedback. Time to get you up to date on all the things you missed in this show. David Locke joined us, and he says if there's one thing to look at in Game 2, why did the Jazz win? He goes straight to the three-point shooting. It was excellent. Ingles was on. He was 4-7 from 3. Clarkson was locked in. He was 6-9 of nine from 3. Donovan Mitchell went off again. 37-point performance. He made 6 of his 12 three-pointers. Bogey was 3-5 of five from the arc. Uh, the Jazz were just raining threes on the Clippers. And Locke says that is reason number one. The Jazz won the game. Go with the hot shooting. A lot of other things that you would think would be sustainable, because shooting 51% from three, not sustainable. And uh, he was pointing out how much time the Clippers spent in transition. And it didn't pay off for him. but as they go home, as the Jazz presumably cool off from three a little bit, presumably, then they get back in the series. And the question for the Jazz, I know, I know everyone's greedy and would love a sweep. I still can't believe that will happen. But if the Jazz get a game down in L.A., which they seem capable of, then they come home with a chance to close it out in five. They'd be up 3-1 again. We all know what happened last year. And in a weird way now, last year, that's a positive. It was horrible when they went through it. But now every time they get up 3-1, everybody who's on that team, and let's face it, they brought the whole team back, uh, everyone who's on that team is going to recall that moment. So... See if they get to 3-1 this weekend. It's Saturday at 6.30 and then Monday at 8. Those are the two games in L.A. And assuming there's a Game 5, it'll be back here in Utah on Wednesday. Uh, Other things we've hit on this morning, a lot of talk about the Jazz and the things that have gone right in this game. Uh, Ingles shooting the ball well again. So 
Joe's been in the lineup. What has he been in the starting lineup now? Three times. He's had three big games. Two big games have come when he's been in the starting lineup. One as he came off the bench. Uh, one thing always to watch. When will Conley be back? The Jazz have a little breathing room. They do not want to lose Mike Conley for a long stretch of games. So up 2-0, and maybe plays in Game 3. I've got zero inside info on this, but it seems like they might sit him for a couple more games. Uh, in a couple more days. Take it, uh, take it day by day and game by game. I mean, if he's not feeling good, he doesn't go. But if it's iffy and you're up 2-0, why not give him two more days? I think that's, that's the gray area where the results can, can have an impact. And I think the Jazz are usually pretty conservative with this kind of stuff. So wouldn't shock me if Conley missed Game 3. But I don't know. We'll all find out when the injury report comes out late on Saturday. A lot of shout-outs this morning from our listeners for uh, Bogey's defense. Uh, guys do a lot defensively that maybe doesn't get noticed when they're playing off the ball. But when you're on the ball against Kawhi Leonard, in the middle of the court, isolated, everybody's going to notice. And, and Bogey did a good job in that situation. And his strength, his size, you know, obviously a major positive. And you just see the look on his face, man, the determination. You know, locked in. I'm not going to be the weak link. I'm not going to be the weak link. I'm going to make a play. Somehow I'm going to make a play. And the arena just went absolutely nuts when he poked the ball away and ended up in a jump ball. I mean, <laughs> it's a jump ball. But everybody gets when you hit the floor. And the guys who are willing to hit the floor are always going to be the fan favorites. And I think they, they're always rooting for the little guy, and it's easier for the little guy to hit the floor, so they're always going to be the fan favorite. But the bigger you are, when you start playing like that, people freaking love it. They, love, they get it. They love it. Well, one, one of the most energizing things ever in the arena, Carl Malone changing ends. Everybody wants to see everybody run the floor, and everybody knows it's harder for the big guys to run the floor. So when a Rudy Gobert or a Carl Malone runs the floor, it goes flying by everybody and throws down a dunk, the place is going to go nuts. When a guy like Bogey makes a defensive play against the other team's star and is diving on the ground, no doubt about it, and the place is going to go nuts. If the Jazz work on anything, I think two things to work on that we've talked about this morning. One, obviously they have to do better with their zone offense. Obviously things really got gummed up in the third quarter. Um, they, they were crushing the Clippers. looked like they were on the verge of just blowing them off the floor. And then the zone defense got the Clippers back in the game and actually put them in the lead briefly. And then the other thing is the Jazz have to run more. They were walking the ball up the floor too much. And late in the game, they did. They threw one of those 40-foot sideline passes, and they got bogey a three, and he hit it, and the place erupted. they got to run more. they got to push the ball. And if you're fatigued because you're playing big minutes, and they've got five starters playing big minutes, pass the ball ahead. You know, not every break has to be three on one, old school with you know Bob Cousy dribbling down the middle of the floor or Magic Johnson or whoever. That forty foot sideline pass has been there all year long, and they got a lot of shots off it. So get some more shots off it. All right, it's been mostly jazz this morning. Just a little bit of college football playoff talk. Twelve teams. Uh, it's. You know, if you're an independent, it opens a door. Now, they're going to put in six, the six conference champs who are highly ranked, and then the next six at-large teams are highly ranked. So that gives a group of five teams, the Coastal Carolinas, the BYUs, the Boise States, the Utah States, whoever, it gives them a shot. Six conference champs. And this is a political process, and there's going to be a vote, and now all the G5s have a reason to vote yes. It's the four conference champs who get the bye, so Notre Dame won't get a bye, but they will get a home game, so presumably that'll help Notre Dame sell season tickets, whether they're really good or not. You'll want to hold on to those season tickets. So I can see where they're getting Notre Dame's vote in this. And for the Power 5 leagues, 
makes it easier to get in if you're the Big 12 and the Pac-12 and you're playing nine conference games instead of eight and you're on the western side of the country dealing with Eastern bias and you're the ones who are getting left out? It's not the eight-team leagues that are getting left out. It's the teams playing nine games who get left out. And the Big Ten's a great example because when they played eight, they got in. And once they went to a nine-team conference schedule, they've been getting left out. But now you got a much better path to getting in. So you can see why everyone's voting for it. The SEC's thinking, sweet, we're getting four teams in. We're getting three for sure, and we might get four. This will be great. If you go back 10 years, the Athletic did a story on it. It was actually one year that the, big, the SEC would have gotten five teams in. Woo! There'd be some complaining then. So it looks like it's going to happen. It's gone from the subcommittee to the committee, and I expect uh, it'll keep getting approved up the line. All right, that's what we've been talking about today. Your feedback's coming up next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Kawhi Leonard. Playing the weight of expectations. And Paul George. When you need him most, he turns into pandemic peak. Hey, Paul and Kawhi, if you and the Clippers want to come to Salt Lake and steal a game from our Jazz. And the Jazz are up two games tonight. <laughs> you're going to have to do a lot better than that. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George were just horrible. Catch every moment of Jazz playoff basketball as the series shifts to L.A. In Los Angeles. Game 3 tips off Saturday at 6.30 with the Jazz Live pregame show beginning at 5 on your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz. 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Oh, Donovan! Oh, Donovan! And how about Rudy Gobert? The Stifle Tower. Blocking shots, creating havoc, hustling, jamming dunks in their faces. He was all over the place. Rudy! Three times! Dave from Virginia. These night games, these late games are killing me, but boy, are they worth it. I'll take Quinn and that coaching staff anytime over the Clippers. Clip, Clippers like Clip, Clippers like little brother, like the Utes to the Cougars, like little brother. Play a P going nowhere, like Stifle Tower. We got the power. D. Mitchell is the man. All right, that's a pretty good collection right there. Dave from Virginia, I actually know him. He is a retired Northridge High School teacher, a beloved teacher up at that school. How did he go all the way to Virginia? Uh, I think chasing family and grandkids. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, and then the the parents are chasing jobs and careers. So, uh, but he is still all about all about sports on the Wasatch Front. So. <laughs> So you're, we're complaining about games that are going until 10.30 or quarter to 11. That means they're going to 12.30 or a quarter to 1. So retirement is good, though. You can sleep in. But he's up in time for DJ and PK, so you got to like that. we got a lot of feedback rolling in. How do you feel? 2-0, you feeling good? Because Dave says it's worth it. And we got people uh, all sorts of fired up there on the open mic, which all you do is grab your phone, get the 1280 The Zone app, download our app, use the open mic feature, and you can send in your audio. Uh, Matt says, no, I don't feel good up 2-0. I don't feel good at all. No Conley. Mitchell's not close to 100% after tweaking a leg a couple times. It's so frustrating, all the injuries after seeing Stockton alone teams that hardly ever had injuries. Well, Matt, I get a lot of that. I'm going to disagree with the very end of it. Stockton alone teams had injuries. Difference is, they just didn't let you know. They lied to you, Matt. They lied to you. I think Malone's favorite moment, and I haven't talked to Carl in a long time, so I'm just guessing here, but I don't think his opinion of things has changed that much. I think Carl's favorite moment in that game would be Bogey twisting his ankle, 
uh, landing on cousin shoots underneath him, and he gets up and he's hurt, but he walks it off. Doesn't look at the trainer, doesn't go to the bench, and takes two deep breaths as if he can just exhale the pain. Carl's like, that's right, suck it up. You've got a few seconds, but when the whistle blows, no more of that. Sure enough, the whistle blew and we never knew again. I'm thinking the mailman's nodding like, yep. And I don't even want to get into how much Stockton lied to you about injuries. There's one year, I'm sure he had a serious shoulder injury. I swear I watched him go several games without lifting his arm above his head. And then all of a sudden he comes out in a playoff game, he's flying around waving his arms. I mean, was it painkillers or was it the time off or what happened? And I think Stockton played through a bunch of stuff and we just didn't know because he didn't tell us. He didn't want anyone to know if his shoulder's hurting or his knee is hurting or whatever. He doesn't want people to know. He doesn't want to get hit on his shoulder when his shoulder hurts. No. Your right shoulder hurts? Let's set more screens and hit him on that right shoulder more often. No way, man. Keeping that stuff quiet. There's more that's made people really worried about the injuries. Nope, I'm worried about Donovan. Ever since he tweaked his ankle in the third quarter when he faked a drive to the basket and his foot slid forward, he wasn't the same. I think it was actually in the second quarter, but I remember the play. You're right. And the trip by PG-13 just made it worse. I think he has a more serious ankle injury than he's letting on. Then all the more reason to go down and win in L.A. and end this series as soon as possible. PK's been comparing it, hey, you want as much rest as the Suns, and there's the rest fatigue element for sure, and then over here there's another key element, whether it's Conley's hamstring or it's Bogey's ankle or it's Mitchell's ankle, rest these injuries, rest the nagging injuries, because they're real and they impact the series, and yet no one cares and they're playing the games when they're scheduled anyway. So do yourself a favor, shorten this series, get more rest before the next one. All right, time to bring in Andrew Reinhardt, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Joins us with a breakthrough treatment that does not involve a pill, injections, or surgery. And Andrew, you talk to enough patients over the years, you hear a lot of different stories, a lot of different experiences. What have you learned talking to patients? Well, I've learned that, number one, erectile dysfunction is a bigger issue than I had thought. So many guys struggling, so common. They're hesitant to get it treated because they're a little bit embarrassed. And nobody wants to take the pill. Uh, I'm surprised that it caused the side effects that it does and uh, that it stops working for a lot of guys. And we have seen some really excellent results with our acoustic wave therapy. The science that comes out on this, every month it seems like there's new data, new studies that are done showing we really can regrow and open up blood vessels. That's what it's all about. Blood flow in this part of the body uh, gets you back to more spontaneous function, less erectile dysfunction, and we've seen a lot of guys eliminate the pill. So why eliminate the pill, I guess? Because for some guys, it seems like, well, that's more private. And so when you get back to that whole embarrassment factor, people are going to go that way. Yes, that is true. And I think that's a big attraction to the pill is I can take it without anybody knowing. Uh, And if it's working great, I'd probably say keep doing it. But this is not an ongoing painful process at our clinic. It's two to three weeks of treatments. Then you don't have to take the pill every time. You get more function. So uh, we're kind of eliminating the embarrassing aspects of ED, uh, losing the spontaneity, having to take the pill, and having to take more of the pill as time goes on. You got a special offer? Our listeners love offers. Yes, a lot of value. And last segment of the day, the assessment and exam with our doctors free. This gift, very popular, this, by the way, it produces immediate results in the bedroom. 
it's all totally free. And new patients even get free testosterone, keep in mind. That's pretty cool. Uh, Give us a call now. It's no charge. Call 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. The number for Wasatch Medical and Andrew Reinhardt and the special deal, 801-901-8000. Thank you. Way to go, Andrew. You're the man. Good to talk to you today. You too. DJ PK, we're out of time. Hands at Scotty are next.